This is the Tag to F podcast, show number six. Hi, and welcome to the Tag to F podcast. This is a platform to share, learn, teach, and inspire. Join us as we think big, play to win, while finding balance and expanding possibilities. Thank you for joining us. Here are your hosts, Nikki, Lizzie, and Gina. So, how were your weeks? Decent. Decent. Didn't you have a voice? <laughs> I did. Lesson. I did. I had a. I had my voice lesson Wednesday night. It was pretty epic. Pretty epic. Yeah, I'm excited. How about you? Um, I had a great day today. Woo, a great it day. was a great day. I got to go to work and see all my favorite people. Work is not work when you have such great. It's more like family. Yeah. <gasps> in fact, I said That's today nice, in my so. treatment room as I'm changing the table, I love my job just out loud to nobody. Nobody in specific. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a great day. Yesterday I was reading my book, feeling flipping amazing, and realizing this day is Friday the 13th and a full moon. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. crazy number things because of 91319, which is palindrome. also 91319. It's a palindrome week. And I felt week. really tingly and weird before I even looked at all that stuff. Then I had a tattoo. Guys, she was flipping out, like, <laughs> physically. Physically? Like, wiggling her body in weird ways Because today. of the pain? No, no. Before <laughs> This was even before the tattoo. This was when she was just talking about the full yeah. moon. Because the full moon's in Pisces. It's in Pisces. I don't really know what that means, but it feels great. Let me tell you, I'm Pisces. <laughs> I need to actually research more about this stuff because it 100% affects me. Um, because I'm like... Why do I feel weird? I'm feeling weird. Stuff's weird. Everything's weird. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, now I feel excellent. I feel great. So maybe I should learn more about it. <laughs> What's funny is she, as she was talking about all this stuff, she um, was a little upset, a little disappointed, if you will, that it's Friday the 13th, and she wasn't going to be able to get a tattoo because she had to work until such and such a time, and then we were coming straight over to record the podcast. So it worked out. It worked out great. Well, it worked out because I was like, um, because it was hello, meant to be. just go get a tattoo. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm not the, I'm just going to go and grab a tattoo real quick person, but I did text Nikki and say, hey, Nikki, so I'm going to grab a tattoo real quick. <laughs> she, and she's Nikki, like, some things wait. are. Would she say some things are better? Some things you don't. You should rush. Go, rush. Shouldn't rush. rush. You shouldn't like, rush. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, this is why. Because today is a. I don't know why it's a big day. I don't know what it's going to lead to. But I felt so good about this book. I felt empowered by this book. I felt empowered by our podcast. Yolo. I, like, I used to have a black cat. You know. <laughs> Well, she got a black cat, guys. Go, oh, yeah. Sorry. I got a black well, cat. We'll put a black picture. Black cat tat. Well, can black we put a photograph tat. on the website? Sure. Cat tat. Okay. Once it's healed. And I'm in a great bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I'd Photo be the opposite. Op. I'd be like, please don't put a picture of me in a bikini on the podcast. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm actually kidding. <laughs> I would do some stupid, like, pose. Like, I was going to hey. say Banana Man. No one knows who that is. Google it. Banana him. Man. Go on YouTube. Okay. Find Banana Man. Banana Man. You'll love it. It's my favorite cartoon as a kid. All right. You are having a great week, right? I'm, having, I'm seriously having a great week. Next week will probably be terrible because I'm feeling oh, so good now. Stop it. <laughs> That's okay. I'm proclaiming. In my, I'm proclaiming my we're, ways. We're all going to have fantastic weeks next fantastic week. Fantastic week. I'd yep. rather have big ups and big downs than mediocre. True. I've lived it. Hmm. So there we go. All right. So How was your week? Good grief. I'm so um, sorry. Uh, it's okay. My week uh, was a week. It was a week. It was good. It was good. I am anchoring myself in a lot of positivity, a lot of affirmations, and I super look forward to our evenings to get together. Me too. Um, I'd really love, in an amazing world, for us to do it twice a week. 
So someday. <laughs> when we're all independently <laughs> wealthy and don't have to... Maybe when we all invest yeah. what we've learned in this week's this reading. week's reading. If people remember, it was all about money. Right? Some people. Money, it's finances. Finances. Do you know what I really wanted to do and I forgot to do it? Uh-oh. I was going to. Oh, no, you, you were supposed song. to make an appointment, were you? No. No, I made all my appointments. Were I did all of that. you supposed to meet with the financial planner? No, oh, we Gina. did that. Oh, no, I didn't. I did a mortgage. That was last week, though. You've already heard that. Mortgage. Yes, but you have finished up a lot of that, I followed you? stuff up. Yeah. I followed stuff up yeah, for you. you did, girl. For her financial stuff, not yeah. for my own. I've made several thoughts to like, she's my I, I made thoughts this week. I spoke. <laughs> I, spoke. I made thoughts this week. <laughs> thoughts I made. <laughs> I that, I think, was round. Was that episode one? So that brings yeah. more, more Yoda into the experience. We love Yoda, <laughs> the Yodester. Um, no, I spoke to my mom, who is the connector to my financial advisor. He doesn't know he's my financial advisor yet, yet because I've gotten his phone number <laughs> from her. At least twice. I'm sure he's happy about it Possibly. when he you. Yeah. Just like my real estate agent doesn't yet know he's my real estate agent. Edwin? though he's met me. You're talking about Edwin? Yeah. Oh. Edwin, what's up, dude? What's up? <laughs> you won't be listening to this probably, but... You never know. Hey. So our books. I have The Energy of Money, A Spiritual Guide to Financial and Personal Fulfillment by Maria Nemeth, Ph.D., and my literature this week was Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money by <laughs> Barbara Stanny. Mine was The Art of Money, A Life-Changing Guide to Financial Happiness by Barry Tesla. Oh my gosh. I look at these book covers. Show me your book covers. <laughs> Lizzie's book looks so much like more interesting. No, don't look at your book. Show me your book. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> You're staring just, longingly at it. I just want I just want to look at her face. Barry? Barry? Barry. Barry yeah. Tes- Tesla. Tesla. Can I see it? Well, you know, it could be Tesla. Tes. I'm sorry, Barry. You I no. did look on your I think it's Tesla. I looked on your YouTube. I know it was Barry. And Show me your book. Sorry, I'm Show me the money book. <laughs> Show me the money Show book. Show me the Barry. Aww. Show me the money book. So her cover has color on it. And um, sure does. mine's black, white with a little bit of red font. And Gina's is pretty black and white. With, so, a, with a shoe with money coming a in. A high your heel. Shoe. So before you read your book, what were you thinking? I... I was, my expectation, before I read the book, I was all, oh, energy of money. I thought maybe it had some, like, um, some, I would have some sort of. Uh, Awakening? No. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but you know, what, what is it called? Like, the law of attraction type stuff. There's a, mm. a picture of, like, the eyeball from the dollar bill. <laughs> and it's in a, it's in a triangle. And it kind of looked like something from the law of attraction. So. I thought that it'd be kind of affirmations and things like that. What did you think about your book, G? I wasn't 100% sure. I knew it had to do with, you know, women learning how to take control of their money. When was it published? This is the 2007 version. So bearing in mind it's over 10 years old, mm-hmm. hmm. that could have a huge effect on its potency as a... Of course, and I think it does. And what do you think when you saw your book arrive in the mail, Lizzie? So, okay, if we remember back to when we were talking about these books, I was, I was pretty much like, well, I'm not going to read them, except this one I will read. Which, you know what I mean? I, I was a bit like, I was judgment, not judgmental, but I was like, these don't sound like my kind of style of thing. Then, honestly, the moment I opened it, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my book. And I really am absolutely going to listen to more from Barry. I'm also going to investigate other people that she recommended. Incidentally, one of which is Barbara Stanny, who wrote Gina's book. Lizzie was reading me an excerpt from her book. Do you want to read the excerpt for everybody? Should we get into that now? Um, Or or do you want to... Eh, rewind yeah let me see let me see if I can find it okay Uh, so yeah my book 
Your book. Uh, How about my book? Well, Why do you get to go first? I don't know. <gasps> oh, I, maybe Gita first? wants to go first. Go I don't. <laughs> But, okay, I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Let's go vote. Oh, one, okay. two, three. Gina. <laughs> I'll pick. Uh, oh, come seven. on. Pick a number. That was Lizzie. so predictable. Oh, two. Okay, the number was three. You were closer. Oh, dang it. Okay. <laughs> so my book is called The Art of Money by Barry Tesla. You're supposed to be happy. We were arguing over who gets to go first, oh, not I'm who so has excited. to go first. <laughs> Also, I got to read the book that I wanted to read, so. That's true. I did steal it from Undy. Oh, really? Yeah. I whipped from it out. Under? From, from Under. From Cheese. You mean yeah. you didn't want to read Prince Charming Ain't Coming? <laughs> so my book. My initial takeaway. So the beginning, right at the beginning, says. <laughs> you've got to go I back to, to the beginning. Well, <laughs> the this beginning. is the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to read the beginning because I was like, I actually a thing saying good great start which sounds like i'm marking it like i'm grading it or something but i was like you know what you've already gripped me this is pretty interesting but i was initially like you know it might be a bit soft it says you believe a good life is a conscious one you reflect deeply question the status quo and infuse your decisions with good intentions you might not have it all figured out but you're pretty sure the meaning of life has something to do with being as loving compassionate and mindful as possible in big choices and teensy teensy weensy teensy ways every day from smiling at passers-by to being a conscious parent to finding a way to make big positive impact in the world with your one beautiful life i like that i like that it was kind of saying hey this is what you're already but you maybe want to build yourself in this way did you feel like your book so far was focused on finances or was it really about like just like the spiritual energy behind the things that drive finances honestly a combination i thought it'd be a lot more therapeutic in a in a bad way i thought it'd be a lot more like hey let me ease you in you know let me kind of softly tell you that you're a terrible person (laughs) no i thought i thought it would you know be a lot uh, i don't know how does it digest because i thought it'd be a bit sickly and it actually wasn't sickly certain words were because they're not my kind of words but the Mm -hmm. overall feeling is quite empowering and she actually takes not only her personal experiences but stories from people she knows to highlight her points which you know is taking it to reality and it's basically like we we enjoy the factual side of it it's saying Mm -hmm. this is this Mm -hmm. person's actual experience with this that's interesting because i was actually trying to like think about the difference between the writing styles between some of the books we've read and mm-hmm. the one I've got now and right. mine's very workshoppy it's not anecdotes it's not short stories it's not my opinion of this interesting it's- my book is kind of a combination of the two what was your book uh, my book Reminder. is <laughs> Prince Charming Isn't Coming and it's a combination of stories interviews recollections of other women and their experiences and there are also exercises and to-dos that kind of bring it into the personal so at the very beginning she talks about the three kind of main pillars of what she's trying to kind of put across so phase one money healing phase two money practices and phase three money maps so long story short Money healing is essentially recognizing where you struggle with money, whether it be, you know, you go to a store and you don't think about how much you're spending or you don't check your bank account or Mm -hmm. you don't pay bills on time because you just want to pretend it's not happening. (laughs) So money healing is kind of like, hey, where am I needing to work? Then money practices, or at least coming to one. So kind of mindfulness is the first, I guess. Yeah. You know, giving yourself that, you know, recognizing when you have these issues and go, okay, take a step back, breathe, almost yoga your brain, you know, teach yourself a way to pause. And if you're sitting in line about to pay for a ton of groceries that you don't need everything on your list, relook at what you're about to purchase. And if it's right. what you need, get it. If it's not, put it back. Um, and then money maps, which is essentially then once you've kind of, you know, gained these things, you're putting out your financial future you're kind of planning things but not in a rigid way she says revisit these these three phases okay you know in no particular order when you're learning it 
you can switch them around. So she gave you a strategy right in the beginning. Totally. Like this is, is this, is this what the outline of the book's going to kind of show you how to do? Or is yeah. this a separate strategy that they're just approaching in the beginning? So she says the three things. Then she says, you know, she kind of helps you recognize, you know, because originally I'm like, well, I don't know what that is. What does that mean? But then she'll put like, say here, money healing phase one. It'll tell you a little blurb about what that means. Okay. So the, the, this is the emotional work of creating an honest, mature relationship with money. So it's dissolving shame. Um, you know, get clear on the money story we've accumulated over the course of lifetime. So our relationship with money over our history, then money practices, practical nuts and bolts, number crunching systems and habits of an ongoing and clear eyed relationship with money, gathering data, learning the language of money, um, you know, checking in with our actual systems that we use. Then money maps is the big picture of goals, dreams, plans, how they're unfolding and how you can fuel them. So kind of getting to that point from where you are to where you want to be. Then, she goes into them in much more detail and she I like that she actually gives personal stories from herself how she got into what she's doing of people she's encountered along the way and there was one gentleman's story who I thought was fascinating Fabacu his father died when he was 18 what's his name? Fabacu <laughs> this gentleman um, his father had passed away when he was 18 and mm. he had given him $60,000 Ooh, that's a that lot of was, money. He inherited that money. The book points out that he felt terrible because he blew the money. He, in a very short time, relatively speaking, blew the money. Mm -hmm. Most of it he spent on things that he didn't have anything you know, to show for. Because, him. like, it points out that at that age of eighteen, that's a that feels like millions. That feels like yeah. this could never end. This money will never dwindle because this is sixty thousand dollars. Then it delved into the fact that he felt shame about it. We all feel certain levels of shame about money, whether it be you know spending too much or he felt shame about spending he the money or having the money. Both, but he didn't realize originally that it was both. He blamed himself once the money had gone. He because, subconsciously got rid of yeah, it because he was... Because, yeah, he subconsciously felt, I don't want this money, I want my father. Mm. But then he also felt bad because he thought I could, you know, years down the line, what could I do with $60,000? And I blew it on taking my friends to the West Coast. Yeah. So, yeah, shame. Um, I haven't got a tremendous depth into it because this is already so much information and it is pretty amazing and I'm trying to absorb it in a balanced way. Um, but I have decided that I am... I mean, I'm from a family... With an interesting background in some respects. My dad, my mom's an atheist and artist. My dad is a religious academic. Ergo, I call myself from now, from reading this book, a science hippie. A science hippie. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I like softness and, and nature and, you know, thinking and feeling and trying to absorb things and feel bad when I feel bad, you know, that kind of stuff. But I also want... Facts. Some facts. And yeah, I thought it was really interesting and I'm super excited for the rest of it. Oh, can I be that too? Yeah. What is it? A Wait, science hippie? Super excited. Yeah, science, science hippie. hippie. Yeah. Because you're not ignoring stuff. You're not like, glow, you know, just smoking a joint and being like, whatever, man. No. Shippy. No, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I highly recommend it. I will divulge more probably later because actually part of my book refers to Gina's book. Did we oh. really say that? No. Yeah. Read your... Read your Read your little excerpt. Oh, dang. Because, because you were so excited about it. it so one... Can one, I tell them? Yeah. That, I mean, she was so excited about it, she shared it with me prior to, and she wept the first time. Oh, I hate that word. And she was... I got a bit emotional. And she was <laughs> weepy. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the second... No, she... Yeah, she became a little emotional. I thought it was awesome, but then... The revelation yeah. was... So this author, Barry Tesla, was a part of a collective of awesome, you know, money people invited to do an, uh, an interview, I guess it would have been. Um, and one of her people that she takes great knowledge from is the author of Gina's book. And essentially the, the point that this lady made, this woman made, was she kind of asked Barry, hey, what was your first memory of money? which then made Barry think of what it was. Mine was that my mum would say, naughty Mr. Access. Now, Access is a credit card in England, and it was a little cartoon character. I was like, damn, okay, well, I didn't have a credit card until my dad made me get one before I went traveling. And then I didn't have one after cutting that one up when I got back. 
They didn't have one until literally probably a week and a half, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I got a bit emotional because I thought, was that because, and if you read the book, you'll see a bit more why I thought this. Was that because I thought, oh, if I get a credit card, I won't be able to help myself. I'll just spend tons of money and get an incredible debt. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Naughty Mr. Access. And that's not blaming my parents for that belief. I'm blooming glad I didn't get into credit card debt at an early age. However, I should have been building my credit sooner. <laughs> but Damned if you do, damned if you That's my shame. But Bring let, shame me, let me ask yeah. you this. Were, it, were you not out of fear? Because that actually ties into what I've read up to. I mean, the one, the one thing I'm very happy about in my money situation is I don't owe on anything. Like Woo! right now I have a small chunk of money I owe on my credit card purely to pay, but to build credit. To build credit, yeah. And so, yes, that's a kind of weird situation because I don't feel, this is another thing the book covers, is like, what makes you an adult? This should have been, from the day one in school, it should have been approached, you know, oh, little yes. lessons because money is huge. And, money you net- know, who teaches you that crap? And all of a sudden, you're like, well, I don't feel like an adult because I don't have a credit card. I don't know. Did did either one of you have uh, economics in school? We had, yeah, a semester. This is, I mean, this is the crazy thing. Like sex education and (laughs) money education. It's like sex education is like not even a week. Maybe. It's like a damn taboo. (laughs) And my parents made me sit in the hall. (laughs) Oh man, I had to write. Weather reports. Well, I heard it, got and I can't remember who sex. it was. It may have been Weather someone I know, report. but I can't remember. But I heard of someone who had a son and a daughter, and they would let their son. It was to... me. There we go. It was my, but well, my older brother definitely went. I didn't. I sat out, and then my younger sister. I don't know. Maybe it was because I ended up learning on my own that my parents decided they might as well <laughs> let my younger sister oh, take man. the class. But yeah. I just think it's interesting. I just think that I think I don't want to say Norway. I don't know if that's true. I could be completely wrong, but somewhere has this amazing sex education program that involves parents and essentially is all inclusive and it's all going to be age relevant. Again, this comes down to this book. You know, you're not trying to teach a kid how to pay a mortgage at age two, but you are certainly supposed to be teaching people money from day one and not being silent about it like we should be able to talk about it parents shouldn't be like we don't talk about money right because it's not just that we don't talk about it it's like you were saying and like my book goes into a lot of the psychological yeah and we don't even realize that it's affecting us until we read a book and it tells us hey Mm. (laughs) maybe this is some reason why right well i found it interesting because for me in the the prince charming isn't coming a lot of it I had a hard time relating to personally. I can see where it was coming from and how it would be beneficial to someone, another woman in another situation. Do you think, because you're a business owner and you were breadwinner for a good chunk of time. I do think that, but it, I, it comes from even farther beyond that, mm-hmm. that I didn't, I didn't realize at first until literally the very last exercise that I went that I went through and maybe I'm jumping ahead but since I'm here right now hey, it's your book do what you it's want, my girl. book I do what I want there are several different exercises in my book the one that's on page 101 there's a series of questions the exercise is a way of unlocking doors to your inner self and like I said up until this point I was just having a hard time relating to a lot of it and so this was an exercise where you just basically wrote down the first word or words that came to mind. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the exercise per se, but I'll just tell you what it left me with. Realizing how maybe I came to be mm. so good with money so early on and why I can't relate because I, mean- I was definitely not conditioned but just my takeaway mm-hmm. of where the feeling of money was growing up made me kind of veer to a certain yeah. way. And then, obviously, my marital situation and the fact that my husband was injured early on in our marriage and that did leave me in a position to where I was relied upon and just kind of had to step up yeah. to the plate. You know, and I'm grateful for that. But, yeah, just gives There's me a different a- take. 
there's a huge level, I think, of, on a personal level, balancing, if you lean towards being a feminist, whether you're male or female, you feel like there's certain rules that make you that and that you can't do other things, maybe. Um, Barbara Stani had said in this, in this podcast I listened to, um, Men in Money, she said, this is verbatim, they're not as good as we think they are. Who? Men with Men. money. Oh, yeah. It's like, statistics actually say that people... What? Yeah. And I've not, I've not looked this up, so <laughs> no, I'm I not saying I'm saying this. No, I remember hearing that in the podcast. But people are seeking out financial advice from women... And I'm, it's not everyone. And she, Barbara Stani also says this. It's not everyone. Obviously, everyone has qualities. I had an interesting... Like, again, my, my, my growing up, my mom did the books. And often, she would tell me, you know, when it came around to his birthday, he would spend his birthday money a number of times because, <laughs> you know, he would, he would buy something for his birthday. And then he wouldn't forget necessarily he'd bought it, but he'd buy something else for his birthday because he's like, you know, it's my <laughs> mm-hmm, birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my mom would be like, well, I'm literally checking, you know... She did the old, old school, real bookkeeping thing of all the receipts were kept. And it wasn't her checking up on it. It was just literally, that's how my family operated. You know, it was really, and I'm sure it was budget related because... It's funny because... The naughty Mr. Access thing, you know, uh-huh. it was essentially saying we keep an eye on this stuff because that, that way we stay financially healthy. For a long time, my birthday money went to pay the bills. Hmm. That was actually a, I wouldn't say a standing joke, but at one point my mother-in-law stopped giving me money for Christmas and Mm. birthdays and started giving me gift cards because she knew I would spend that money on bills, not on myself. Well, it's like my mother, my, sorry, my sister-in-law got gifts one year for Christmas from her house, for her house, from her then boyfriend. And I remember I, she said, well, this is for the house though. This isn't a gift for me. And I'm sorry for calling you out on that but like you know that's it's just this amazing difference in kind of opinion on stuff because I would totally do that too because I would buy something for my house even though it was collectively you know we were all going to use it for example and I wouldn't have a single problem with being bought something for the house as a gift right you know if I was sharing I'd be like excellent you know I I want this uh, storage bin. <laughs> I, just, I flip and love storage bins, man. Well, that goes like, back to yeah. what you were saying about thinking. Wait, no, that was in the podcast where she says, if you want something, give yourself a chance to mull it over and think about yeah. it. And if within 48 hours you still want that. That comes down to mindfulness, too. From yeah. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Barbara Stanny, at, at the beginning of the book, she says... That she wants to write about how women go from feeling stupid to acting smart about money. The, um, the opening of it basically just talks about what got her to the point of wanting to write the book. And it had to do with she was given a large trust of money that um, essentially her husband ended up being in charge of because she was the woman and he was the man and that's just the way that it was and uh, well, sometimes it's you know you actually that's where your skills lie as well that's another thing that which is interesting to think because you know sometimes it works if if it kind of falls into the man does this and the woman does this because as a couple those are your strengths yeah, it, it you know, can there's be, nothing wrong with that i think the point of this book and maybe some of the others are, is that it's just an unstated thing, mm. like you were saying. In uh, some relationships. Yeah, yeah that, sure. that, uh, that the man just does it better. In fact, huh. I will quote, the man. long story short, her husband ended up being terrible and losing tons and tons of money, not once, but twice, over the course of mm. 10 plus years. And at the very end of the the marriage, she says to her dad, and her dad's the one that has given her this, this money, and she says, well, what about me? Why can't I manage the money? And her dad looked dumbfounded. This thought mm. was as strange and unfathomable to him as it was to me. So in wow. that moment, so, yeah. yeah, dad, huh. who was livid, that the money that, was lost. Not only that, the, not the <laughs> twice. not even that the money was lost, but that she yeah. allowed the money to be lost. 
But now in this moment, he can't even can't like the thought it. never yeah. even crossed his mind. So I what, thought, what I thought, year is this? I thought that was interesting. Um, this is the '80s, like you said. No, I think it was. It happened before. Okay, no, so the like, book is like ten years old, right? Right, yeah. but I think her but then, her recollection had to have been in the right. '90s, like the story hmm. of. Her. But I mean, this still happens. No, it does still as happen. well. And I think you know one of the takeaways from from definitely from this book was talking a big part was that you have emotional connections to things, shame about things. You know, you feel like oh, I'm not being a very good X, Y, or Z, or I'm not good with money. Ego, I'm never going to be good with money. Which I'm like, oh shit, I can change. <laughs> what? Okay, well this book goes into that for sure. It's like the Prince know, Charming isn't coming. You kind of create new habits, and even if. Even if, you know, in your marriage or your partnership or whatever, one person does this and one person does this, you still be, you still need to be aware of what it is. So if the wife does the money and the husband doesn't, what if the wife passed away? Then the husband needs to be able to go, oh, where do I go to pay the mortgage? Or, oh, what do we owe on this? Or, oh, how do I access this credit card to pay it off? Absolutely. I think... And vice versa. I think that the book is titled How Women Get Smart About Money, but there's a lot in here that anybody can take. And so uh, there's two parts of it. There's that. There's the the female aspect, which there are a lot of facts and quotes. And I'll just, I just want to go through a couple of them that I thought were interesting. 55% of employed women bring in half or more of their household income. And almost 30% of women out-earn their husbands. Women-owned businesses have increased tenfold in the last 25 years. But despite our economic gains, we are not protecting ourselves financially. So even though women are being becoming more and more mainstream and uh, a part of the financial culture, we are not protecting ourselves financially. As in in our relationships or in the event that things do not work out with you and your spouse? It has nothing to do with you and your spouse. It has to do with just protecting yourselves financially. Okay. So we might be making more money, but we're not doing anything to make sure. We're not doing anything with it. With it, yeah. Sadly, 7 out of 10 women never retire because they can't. But But, um, it says sadly... But I want to know the exact statistics. Maybe women want to keep working? Yeah. No, no. It says because they can't afford to. Okay. That's the reason. I chipped into it. I'm like, what if someone wants to? Right, right. Though I feel you there because I don't see myself retiring forever. Because you're a teacher. Like, how do you stop? No, because you don't. Because of money. Because you don't think you'll have the money. Oh, no. No? Because I think that. You guys are all wrong. No, because I enjoy. We don't even know I enjoy working. Well, I yeah. thought that was I don't your wanna, point. I don't want to stop working. Wasn't that your point? My point was I wanted to know exactly what the statistics, but then you just said the end of that sentence I didn't wait for was due to not being able to afford to. Right, yeah. but you were saying you think they don't retire because they, they enjoy their oh, job. Oh, for sure. There's, yeah. I'm sure there's a... That's why my mother was still working. Female. Yeah, yeah, for people, sure. People, you know, my dad, for example... Sorry, Dad, to keep dragging you into this. I'm sure you're, like, <laughs> embarrassed. But, you know, he was in a position working with young minds and studying every day and learning things and, you know, being able to share things that he was great at and, you know, fostering great relationships in his workplace. And then his worry was where, like, how am I going to get that? Like, you don't necessarily, you can't just find that. Oh, yeah. You know, by going up and saying, hey, what do you think? Like, whereas in a workplace, that is, it's there. Yeah, and when people stop working, that I'm I'm sorry, I've noticed many people stop working, and that's when their health starts to fail, when their mind starts to fail. I don't know. That's just kind of my experience. No, hundred so percent. Kind of felt like yeah, I think that be. if you find yourself lucky enough or smart enough mm-hmm. to have kept yourself in a job that you truly enjoy and are physically able to do, then yeah, yeah you're right. Why would you? But, right. but we're not talking about that. We're not we're talking, talking about, about We're talking about money. We're talking and, about because of money. Okay. And so here's a couple, just a couple more statistics before I move on to the process that she suggests. Even if marriage survives, the husband often doesn't. Most women outlive mm. their spouses by at least seven years. Ouch. Right. Um, 87% Seven of years. the elderly. Good thing I'm so much older than Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> you guys maybe go at the same time. Wouldn't that be lovely? That's just a little bit about statistics. Now let's delve into 
the seven realizations of financial enlightenment. No one will do this for me. Okay. Learning follows a curve. All the answers aren't out there. There are no secrets. Risk is not a synonym for loss. And I don't have to do this alone. <laughs> Lizzie, and I, Lizzie and I both just made the same face. Oh, the like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Risk is not a synonym we did, for We didn't loss. really like the no answers thing. We're like, no, we're going to need the answer. <laughs> one, one of the realizations that I found most interesting was the charting of the learning curve, which seems probably pretty basic but learning curve (laughs) learning curve in terms of your financial conscience there is unconscious incompetence oh yes i've heard of this okay are you unconsciously incompetent or you i mean i think that just goes to say like i'm just completely oblivious i'm not into i don't i'm not in touch with yeah. What I'm spending, what I'm doing. That's the area of not asking questions because you don't know which don't questions ask. to ask. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then there's conscience. Conscious. Gosh, why it, do I have a, such a conscious hard time? Conscious incompetence. incompetence, which is when you're like, mm, yeah, I should, I should probably, but I don't. Then there's unconscious competence. competence. I'm doing all right. I don't know why. But well, I'm, that's I'm when you, okay. you start to make some strides towards learning about your money and about ways to manage your money, but you're not really quite getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you subscribe. Then she says this in the book: you subscribe to Money Magazine or whatever, and you're you're or you're looking things up on the internet. You're trying. You're doing things to move in a way. That you're learning a little bit, but you're you're not a hundred percent on board with it. What you're not automated, you, uh, not automated. And then there's conscious competence, where finally you have exposed yourself to enough information. You're getting it. You're learning it. You're understanding it. That's the biggest thing: is you're not just learning it and being exposed to it. You're understanding it. Um, yeah, that I've heard that um, that kind of like that rating scale applied to many things. Yeah, you know. Well, one management of, styles totally and a mm-hmm. lot of the a lot of the techniques that she employs in this book can be related to almost any mm-hmm. anything in your life you can relate it to this and one of the biggest things that that I did relate to and that does stand out to me because I am a big advocate of talking to people specifically a counselor or a therapist I just I dog-eared and I underlined all of the places where it talked about psychologists or therapy or therapists or talking or conversation, and it's just constant. Here's one excerpt. Psychologists tell us that when a woman becomes financially independent, she gains self-assurance and peace of mind, and her relationships become healthier and more mature. And then later on in the book, when it goes really into detail about talking about our money. Some women, like myself, choose psychotherapy. This is the author talking. Actually, it's not the author talking. It's Sue. Uh, It's taken a year of therapy for me to abandon my family script. Mm. And this goes back to what we were talking about with Lizzie what you've learned as a child. Sue, the woman who had been abused as a child, told me it was really wonderful to have someone to talk to. My parents had me so full of self-doubts, I'd wake up every morning and say, you can't do this. You're just Sue the dope. The therapist helped me see that though I've been battered, I am deserving. I saw the money was mine. I deserved it. Anyway, her story isn't necessarily the point. The point is therapy. Therapy helped me put it into perspective. Counseling need not be expensive. Individual therapists, and therapy certainly isn't the only option. It goes on to talk about how many women have success with supportive groups and I was classes. just about to say, sometimes your friends and can call you out. 
Hello, that's the next part. <laughs> Most women found that talking to friends was enormously helpful. And that's yeah. where I think a lot of us get stuck is we don't talk. Yeah. Um, talking, as Freud long ago discovered, can be the most effective remedy for what ails our psyche. Anytime we tell the truth, our emotional veils will begin to lift. And that's really the point is continuing to talk, continuing to learn. It's kind of the point of this podcast. Hi. Uh, continuing to talk and learn lifts the veils that keep us covered and kind of head in the sand-ish. You know? So I just want to end with, she says, I realized I couldn't be afraid anymore. And I think that women forget that their actions are power. Courage doesn't mean that we're not afraid, but we must be willing to act in spite of our fear. Say that's, its name. That's courage. Say its name. <laughs> Say its name. Its name. <laughs> um, beyond our fear lies our power. All my life I was afraid of money. Renee admitted during our interview. I'm still afraid, but now I say, okay, this is fear. I know that fear. I will do it anyway, and that fear will come with me. Fear doesn't seem to go away. It gets a little quieter occasionally, but it doesn't go away. You just, you just do it afraid. I heard a podcast with the guy from Atomic Habits, James Clear, and he said that in order to avoid feeling socially nervous about what people think about him every once in a while he wears this really ugly pair of pants out to a party not anytime something super important or anything like that but just to see if anyone notices well because he wants to be mocked because it's huh. building his skin of, oh. of doing it afraid doing it anyway because sounds like ultimately my years. <laughs> sounds like what I, every my teenage day years, i just yeah <laughs> sounds like what my teenage years oh <laughs> Uh, Nikki, Nikki, what about your book? I'm so my book was The Energy of Money and Dr. Maria Nemeth. Well, N- Maria, <laughs> pardon, <laughs> Maria Nemeth, PhD. She's a psychologist, which is funny because aren't you both psychologists too? Yours too? Yeah, psychology. Psycholo- well, mine was psychology first. So, Bar- Barry a- Tesla began doing psychology, that was her kind of thing, and then absolutely accidentally you know, fell into money and then was like, this is what I should be doing. Money? Yeah. I should be doing money. Should be doing money. I should be doing money. We should all be doing money. Let's do money. <laughs> so like I said, this book is kind of very much so, uh, I, I did a little research and apparently this was actually a nine hour training that's available <gasps> on, I guess, disc, some sort of pack you can buy. The Energy of Money, the original audio course with Dr. Maria Nemeth. And reading this, I'm like, oh my gosh, this doesn't read like a book at all. But so I kind of just went along with what was there and just went with the did exercises. You do, did you do the Nemeth? <laughs> Nemethematics? I did not do the Nemeth. No, Nemeth. <laughs> Nemeth today. Nemeth for me today. <laughs> she has um, seminars sure? in Sacramento. So that's kind of cool that if we wanted to find out a little information about her, but it sounded more like coaching. So it starts out, one of the first concepts she talks about is on page 18, and she talks about the holographic universe. (gasps) That sounds beautiful. (laughs) And she says that this holographic universe, every aspect of our lives has a reflection in every other aspect. This means that how you do money is how you do life. Our relationship with money is a metaphor for our relationship with all forms of energy, Mm. time, physical vitality, enjoyment, creativity, and the support of friends. So she kind of has been focusing on just your energy, which I didn't expect. It's kind of Mm. odd. Then she goes in to talk about something that I did actually kind of resonate with. There are layers from metaphysical reality going up through physical reality so physical reality is the realization of your actual goal your money coming to you or whatever you're shooting for and metaphysical reality is so picture it like layers of the earth's crust in a way so the bottom metaphysical reality is undifferentiated energy no actions are required no commitments it's the thought and then you move up a layer and it's ideas so i have this idea so say i had this idea about Oh, I I wish that I was, you know, I wish I had 
some more money in the bank, you know. It'd be nice. That's an idea. Mm -hmm. And then an intention is a step up from that, and that would be considered something like, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start saving some money so I can reach that goal. It's not quite an idea of the bottom level, which would be, oh, I, wa- I, I want to be wealthy. It'd be so nice. It'd be so dreamy. And it's, it's an intention. And this is kind of, this is really, it was a little hard. I had to draw pictures for myself to try to figure it out. But then you reach a border, and that border is what separates your ideas and your metaphysical reality to your physical reality. And the only way to break through that border is to actually have goals on the other side of the border. So I thought that was kind of... So like there's a tiny puppy that's yours if you can get over the wall. <laughs> yeah. And you just climb that wall, man, because that puppy needs loving. Climb the wall. It's all soft ears. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And a little cold nose, a little oh, wet cold, cold nose. nose. Um, but money. But and she does like gold. She does refer to trouble at the border, too, that those that little bit of chatter at the border is what stops people from turning their intentions into reality. Mm-hmm. So by setting goals, you're actually putting some substance to it. So if you have a smart goal, it has an end date, and that's what mm. puts it into reality. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Goals propel our life's intentions into the physical realm. And she talks about monkey mind. Have you guys ever heard that term, monkey mind? It came from Buddhism, and it has to do with chatter in your mind, monkey mind. Mm. I have heard that. Oh, you have. <laughs> but what? Is, but what is it? But so it's chatter in the mind. Unsettled, so, but is it, restless, is it, or confused. Oh, so you're like, so like, if a monkey's putting its hand in a jar to reach something tasty, and won't let go of it, even if it means <laughs> taking out, you know, its hand is stuck, and all it has to do is drop the stuff to get its hand out but instead it's like no I want this stuff mm. did you just make that up no I saw that it's a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I saw it but I guess it could be some of that and it's just the like overthinking your head, and overthinking overanalyzing and Buddha described the human mind as being filled with drunken monkeys jumping around screeching well, chattering drunken monkeys drunken, drunken monkeys <laughs> chattering carrying on endlessly we all have monkey minds, Buddha said, with dozens of monkeys all clamoring for attention. Fear is an especially loud monkey. Fear is a loud monkey. Sounding yeah. the alarm incessantly, pointing out all the things we should be wary of and everything that could go and wrong. That monkey is nocturnal, man. Ooh, that monkey mind. <laughs> that fear monkeys. Okay. I have known monkey mind in my time. <laughs> I think Just, Eddie, Eddie told me about monkey mind. I think it came up in something he was studying. Hmm. You'll have to ask Ooh. to confirm. She kind of also mentioned one has to distinguish between an authentic choice and one driven by fears and mm. monkey mind. Oh, woo. woo. That is huge for Whoa. me. See, I feel like I should have read both your books. Maybe we should mine. rotate for the next round. No. I don't want to read you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, want, I, I have some other topics we I should. really want to explore. Explore. Um, that's, that's like, that also comes back to my book. Of course, the it art does. of money with the <laughs> mindfulness. Because when she's saying, you know, step, stand there. Have you ever done yoga, but really done it for the right reasons? Oh yeah. Oh, you have you're homework. Like, in being encouraged to kind work. of be you're inside class, your right? body, so you're trying not to be, you know, thinking of ten thousand things outside of it. You're like, hey, breathe. breathe. Picture where your limbs are. Like, relax and loosen everything, and actually listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because when you listen to yourself, you're like, oh. I feel excited about this decision, money related, and therefore I should do it. Or I'm trying to rush this decision because actually it's a terrible idea. You, you don't need want that. This? You look so good in that. You walked into Target, you took a right, <laughs> and you picked up this. Dude, I literally. It's only a dollar. I have had the exact By opposite problem <laughs> for Target. most of my life. Oh, me too. I like I, shopping with I Gina. have a hard time buying things for myself. I would shop only. On the clearance rack. But do you find this? Okay, here's my question. Do you, did you find yourself buying 10 items from clearance and then maybe not buying the item you really wanted because you didn't want to spend the money, but then you've got 10 items that you didn't yep. really use? 100%. As opposed to going, I'm not going to buy this. Yep. What I actually need is this item, and this is the style I want. I'm yep. going to buy it and use it. Yep, 100%. Now I do the latter. Mm-hmm. Because the opposite? You buy well, the nicer item knowing it's going to last you? 
Well, not necessarily knowing it's going to last me, but at least it's something I want. And need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want or need. Well, need I or think want, sometimes as want opposed and need to buying, are the same like, sometimes. Yeah. If I buy, like, let's say I'm spending $50, I would revel in the fact that I bought three tops, a pair of pants, and a package of underwear for 50 bucks. <laughs> But if and, I'd be, aware. <laughs> and I'd be pr- and I'd be proud of myself for that. And there would be things I would wear, but it wouldn't be anything that really excited me, you know. Because let's think it this way: I have a technique which I bought a jacket one time, and I've worn it so many times since. Um, it was a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. It was before I went traveling, so I'd been saving money to go traveling. And I thought to myself, this five hundred pounds, <gasps> which yeah. is how, how much US? Like. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of money. It's $900? like... $900? No, no, no. What not. were you going to do with 500 pounds? Travel. I was going to buy... You were saving was, it to travel? Yeah. And you bought... You didn't buy okay. a jacket. Okay, just bear with me. Okay. <laughs> so I had this money saved. I've not been spending on anything, um, except for a bit of cider here and there, you know. And I walked past this shop, and I saw this jacket, and I was like, oh, crap. And bearing in mind, it was before I was a vegetarian. It was a leather jacket. I'd always wanted one. Always. From every age, from probably about the age of seven, I'd always wanted a leather jacket. This one in the window was exactly what I'd looking for. It was a biker jacket. It was a little longer. You still have that jacket. I still have that damn jacket. You still wear that jacket. And I thought to my, I looked at it and I started laughing, which people probably thought I was, you know, I don't know what they thought, but I was laughing outside a shop looking at this jacket. And I said to myself, I'm going to go and try on that jacket. If this jacket fits how I think it's going to fit, and if it's less than 500 pounds, I'm going to buy that jacket because I've wanted it for half of my life. And I will wear it for the rest of my life. That was my, that justification. Was my, my justification. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why would I, you know, pass that up? I'll make 500 pounds. I'll do it again. It's fine. So I went and I tried it on and laughed again. And the lady looked at me like, what are you doing? And I said, all right, I need this jacket. So she, I looked, she just tried it on. I didn't even barely look at it. I just felt it. And I was like, this is it. Um, paid for it. Felt no remorse whatsoever. None, none, none. Even though I knew how long in Thailand and how many things I could do and how many buses and whatever, how much I could eat. But no, I, I bought it. I still wear it. And I think to myself sometimes, if I'd been renting this jacket, how much would I have paid each time I wore it? Pennies. Right. You broke it down. Yeah. You, I did that with a similar purchase recently. Do you get it, Nikki? Yes. If you rented if, the jacket. Like, no, no. If you broke it down, if you said, okay, in my lifetime, I'm going to wear this jacket oh, 1,700 yeah, 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 times. Yeah. How, many, okay. how much would I have to pay each time I wore it? Because yeah. some items the you buy. The value is how much use you're yeah. going to get out of it. Before, it's a good since. it's a good way to look at things I've made decisions based on that theory too investments like, and that's mindfulness yeah. investments in that moment I, I was being mindful speaking of oh what is this so one of the things on the website for Mrs. Maria Nemeth PhD she has a life is she misses or Ms. 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 I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. She has a TED Talk, too. It's kind of interesting. Uh, she has this little crafting your life blueprint. It's a way. So one of the concepts she talks about is connecting what your goals are to your life intentions and your standards of integrity. Okay. And if those things are in alignment with your goal, so it's not just, I want a million dollars so so I can show off or whatever. Right. If it's connected to something that's one of your life's intentions or your standards of integrity, you're going to experience less drag in trying to approach it. So you do this exercise and put it all together. You can put together a poster to put up in your home or your office or whatever of your life's intentions blueprint. So I got you guys a little checklist and I've taken the checklist myself. Are we doing it now? Yes. Yes, you are. And it's a life's intentions inventory. So start taking a look at it. You're going to you're going to rate yourself in each area from 1 to 5 and I'll put a link in the description for our um, for the show notes and I'll read the instructions while you guys start. A life's intention is a direction, aim or purpose that brings great meaning to your life. Using this form, please look at the intentions that are currently important to you. Five is very important, okay, and one is relatively unimportant. Please remember that this is only a snapshot in time, a reflection of where you are now. Your rating of these intentions could change at a later date. And I also found that some of my intentions were different before than they are now. Okay, so I'm not looking at my intentions for the future. Now. I'm looking at where I am right now. Yes. Oh, dang it. It's okay. Start over. You haven't done many. 
So, I mean, I guess I'm kind of, no, I'm already doing those things. So some of the intentions are to be financially successful, physically fit and healthy, a successful artist, sculptor, a successful musician, composer. My intention is to be a visionary leader, a generous friend, a loving family member, spiritually developing. So as you go through this list, you may have 10 things you rated as a five for your life's intention, but you'll pick your top five that you want to focus on right now, say this year. And after you choose your top selections, you're going to align them with areas of focus that go with those selections. So for example, one of my life's intentions was to be a visionary leader. And my areas of focus are to host a social change discussion group or podcast, to write about extended understandings of what I read, and to organize events in my community and other organizational types. So figure out your ones, what you like. Take a moment to do that. And let's see what you get. Okay, so we pause for a second and let's see what you got. What are your, what, who wants to share first your top five life's intentions inventory from this list and there can be some that aren't on this list too if you want to think about it later that will take too much thought i know present time (laughs) so just so give me what you got so my my top five number fives are um intentions to be a loving family member specifically um i think a loving mother a generous friend an effective mentor a successful entrepreneur, and a successful communicator. Mm. Mine. Do you have uh, any that match hers? Yeah. I had um, one. What was yours? A loving family member and also a successful communicator. Oh. Yeah. What was yours that matched? A successful entrepreneur. Oh. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be a loving family member. It's too much work. <laughs> I just want to be an okay family member. <laughs> well, that's one of those things that's like, it's not my focus right now. You know, yeah. if I if I was to have a child or two, it would probably be mm-hmm. my focus, like big time, you know. But right now I'm like, eh, it's all about me. <laughs> I think my, my Tonight, issue it's all about is if I get driven too much on something like reading, for example, I've been a little bit ignoring like, I ignore. If I'm in a book, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like, last night, for example, I was sitting outside reading my book and really getting into it and enjoying the air and drinking my tea. And Eddie came home from work. And he opened the door and he said, hey, babe. And I was like, hey, babe, I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized, I was like, you know, that's not nice. Basically, chata. Chata, you know what up. <laughs> so I have to I have to focus on things like Chata. that as I'm alongside other things because I have a tendency to, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going down one path. So yours was a way. loving family member was on your list? Okay. Yeah. So you're not Along... doing that very well. You're not well, achieving that is what you're saying? I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm teasing you. It's a different level. I mean, I, I guess everyone's level of achieving it is different as well. Like mine, I'm quite wholeheartedly, I have to be fully like in it. I'd say you, you know? are very effective in that. Okay. Yeah. And I'm talking friends, like weirdly. I was going to say I'm. Yeah. I had, I didn't, I, I did actually have a five for a generous friend, but I actually ended up skipping that as being one of my top fives because I connected a contributor to my community and a loving family member with my friends. Oh, well then I want to choose one more. Oh. Wait, so what were your five? Okay, my five. Physically fit and healthy. Oh, that should be mine. Well, what, the, should one be. of the reasons it's mine is because we have to pay for healthcare out here, man. Like, that's kind of... Huh. Keeping myself physically fit and healthy means I'm able to do my other things. Okay. it's a very good point. I don't know. That's, that's, for me, a very important thing. Like, I'm, you know, mental health-wise as well. Like, that's in that too. Sure. If I'm not keeping myself fit and healthy, am I sitting, eating popcorn, watching a show? Probably. Hmm. Some people would think popcorn is a health food. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it depends what kind of popcorn. Yeah. And depends how much, you know, and what is on top of it or underneath it. You uh-huh. know. Or what it was cooked with. Yeah. What preempted it and what followed it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, a contributor, 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 whatever, <laughs> to my community. 
Um, a loving family member, which we already said, an adventurer. And I'm, I believe that not to just be like, get on a bus and go somewhere. I mean, like adventuring in my mind and adventuring with people and trying to expand. I don't know. Maybe I'm just taking, maybe I'm just stretching <laughs> these a little. Hey, and whatever your definition is, yeah, whatever it means to you. A successful. Sounds like experimental drug use. <laughs> oh, no, I want to be an so adventurer in my mind. I no, I mean like, you know, just taking a risk and talking to someone and trying to start a conversation you know, like adventuring into different beliefs or adventuring into places I haven't delved in my mind as well as places. I want to go cool places too. <laughs> and also a successful communicator because how are you going to be, or oh, it's hard to be a loving family member and not a successful communicator. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to be a contributor to my community and not a successful communicator. Yep. So those, yeah. You can adventure and you can be physically fit and healthy, but other stuff you kind of need that i had a couple on my list that you guys didn't have i had um number one a visionary leader number two a creator of beauty see i nearly put that as well that was my number six that one's number five that one's a big focus of mine right now because i want to be surrounded by things in my home (laughs) and then number three a successful entrepreneur number four financially successful Mm -hmm. and number five spiritually developing but if you ask me these questions if i if i answered these on another day they might turn out a little different honestly i had a few other things in my fives that um i do want to be an effective teacher and i do want to be a successful communicator but i guess it wasn't such a you know it's not as much of a goal because i feel like i've already been working on that for a long time and also i think sometimes you've got to start with one thing to, to, to do the other thing like for example being physically fit and healthy if you're getting up at a good time working on your health eating right then you're feeling mentally prepared to do other things like develop yourself spiritu- spiritually and feel financially successful because you're like you know I'm in a good place I'm up the sun's up I've had my coffee I've eaten good Eaten good. I've, eaten, I've eaten good I've eaten well and I'm ready to face the day and like take on these challenges you know you kind of need the scaffolding hmm huh I'm curious how the the life intentions inventory has how that relates to the blueprint and money yeah like what the purpose of it is in terms of mm-hmm. where is she taking it I'm curious too and she hasn't quite gotten there yet and I thought that was kind of odd mm. because this is supposed to be a book all about money and so far it's a book all about your mindset. Oh, which, okay. I mean, th- she talks a little bit about money but not to the way uh, your two books got yeah. into the your spending habits. She talks a bit about the monkey mind chatter and, oh, I yeah. should have that thing because I worked hard this week. I, I want to buy myself a little something. She talks about that a little bit, but not nearly enough yeah. to be calling this the energy of money. This is like the energy of life and your intentions. But Mine, so I thought this exercise was kind of entertaining and fun. And It's interesting. The next thing, the next part of it, part two, is you write down your life's intentions that you chose and then you brainstorm areas of focus for each life's intention so for example i put to be a creator of beauty some of my areas of focus are to craft my surroundings to support my Mm. mindset to add feng shui principles to my home and to commit to putting pictures on my walls Hmm. i like that so then you put all this into the little blueprint template and it'll spit out a nice little poster for you if you want to print it up. Cool. I like it. I feel like my book, like you were saying, The Art of Money literally delves straight in. So it's first, I mean, it's not even, it's, it's not even an introduction. It's like the reviews, then the name of the book, then contents, and then it says an elephant worth friending. And that's the, the section I read about, you know, you believe a good life is a conscious one. So I have a feeling, Lizzie, you really like your book so far. Yeah. And you're happy to keep reading. Yeah. And you're going to go for it. And you are highly recommending so far The Art of Money. What about you, G? I'm hopeful that the second half of the book kind of goes a little bit more into financial planning. However, I don't think it does. That's kind of, I was hoping to get a little bit more of that part out of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm definitely planning on finishing the book, but I, I'm going to be doing my own financial research and reaching out to a financial planner to take my 
money to the next level and set myself up for my financial future and yeah, it sounds like this book wasn't exactly what you needed at this time and place. It's it's valuable information, but it's probably not meeting you where you're at right now. You no, I'm hope, different. super hopeful that it's helpful to somebody else and that it speaks to other people. And I think that there are a lot of women out there that would get a lot out of it. Do you feel almost like when you read... So have you been able to take from it that like, oh, this is something I do already that feels good that I don't have to take it no, on or are you just no, like all right I'm, this is not helping because I don't need a not even that I it's stuff that I'm doing already because a lot of it was accounts of personal situations right. um and I don't know that I've just as an adult ever I've a little bit of a backstory I have been on my own since I was barely 17 so very early on in my adulthood slash late in my childhood, I have been responsible for Mm -hmm. maintaining my home. So I never, I don't know if I ever had the opportunity to have that mindset of somebody's going to take care of me or I don't know what to do with my, like I've always just done it. Yeah. And that doesn't just go for the finances and the money that pretty much goes for everything I just something has to be done I I just do it so I found it very very difficult to relate to so cool all right we will finish reading our books and share out with what we find yes 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 and if anyone... we're in it to win it are we all gonna read our books yeah I'm definitely finishing yeah. mine my book is uh I, I'm interested to see where it goes. It's been interesting so far. So is the plan to do a whole nother segment on the rest of our books? Yep, we'll wrap it up on finance. And this is probably because I'm trying to curve it this way. <laughs> Maybe. But um, I realized that money... Let me guess. Death. <laughs> death. <laughs> money, well, you know, money, we don't talk about it. Death, we don't talk about it. Two things that are essential and are, are going to happen in life. You're going to need money. And to know about it, and you're going to die. So we'll have to <laughs> take a look at Let's what we see. are most interested We're in. We're going to rock, paper, scissors it next week. We will. All right. So if you haven't already told a friend, tell a friend to join the Tag 2F movement. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment regarding great personal development books. Uh, mastermind. Form Gromances. And share with someone you know. Bye. Bye. Bye.